0: Good morning, everyone. This is Father Nate, missionary priest in Italy, and thanks for joining us today, February 5th, on No Greater Delight, our podcast on Marian feasts and Marian meditations. Well, today we're celebrating three different events, two different events, actually. Um, The first is a rather confusing one that Abbe Orsini writes about. He says, Dedication of the First Church of Our Lady by St. Peter in Tortosa, Italy. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, okay, so the first church dedicated to Our Lady by St. Peter the Apostle, according to tradition, was not actually in Italy, but in the city of Tartus in Syria, a city known as Tortosa to the crusaders who lived in the region during the time of the Crusades, right? The Cathedral of Our Lady of Tortosa was built in the year 1123 by those very same crusaders. However, it stands on the site of the original sanctuary of the Blessed Virgin that was dedicated by St. Peter, right? It's remembered that the Emperor Constantine looked favorably upon the city because of his love for the Blessed Virgin Mary, and the devotion to her by the faithful at Tortosa. Right? Interesting. By all accounts, the lady, the Church of Our Lady was as much of a fortress as it was a church, and indeed there were once towers surrounding the structure, two of which have survived the, the, the centuries. Right? So because the church doubled as a fortification, the Crusaders were able to hold it even after Tortosa was taken by Saladin in the year 1188. Right, so um, yes, they really tried to to hold on to it, and they did until 1291. Right, um, so once captured by by the the Muslims, the church was turned into a mosque, and later under the Ottoman Empire, it was used as a storage place. And the church was recently renovated, although now it's used only as a museum. But that's the story again, attributed to that's uh, good old Abby Orsini. Some of his stuff is he gets the the basic facts right but he's writing the man's writing i think at the end of the 1800s it's a little hard you don't have internet you don't have google where do you look up all this information in books so it's a little difficult but that's not the only thing we're celebrating today we're also celebrating today notre dame du perpetuel Secours, uh, bon uh, port-au-prince in haiti now during a smallpox academic epidemic not academic epidemic a copy of the roman icon of our lady of perpetual help was installed in saint francis church in the bel-air district not in California, but in Port-au-Prince, and processed to a hill to make to bless the suffering city below. Right? It's interesting because that very same day, February 5th, 1882, the Haitians considered to be the end of the epidemic. Right? Our Lady of Perpetual Help became the official patroness of Haiti in 1942. And in 2007, the Catholic Church there celebrated the 125th anniversary of her miraculous intervention on February 5th. Right? But not long after the Haitian Catholic Bishops' Conference designated the Church in Bel-Air the National Shrine of Our Lady of Perpetual Help, it was destroyed in the earthquake of January 12, 2010, right? The Catholic Bishops of Haiti renewed the consecration of their country to Our Lady of Perpetual Help on December 8, 2010, right? And Haiti also remembers Our Lady of Perpetual Help on the Catholic Feast Day, which is June 27th. So we can say, Our Lady of Perpetual Help, pray for us, pray for Haiti, And that's what we're celebrating today, February 5th. Well, today we'll continue reading from Meditations on Mary, Our Mother, selections from the writing of St. John Henry Newman, and we continue through the last chapter, entitled Devotion to the Blessed Virgin. So today's uh, selection is entitled Lack of Devotion to Mary Leads to Lack of Devotion to Jesus. This comes from Newman's essay on the development of doctrine. So let's see what John Henry Newman has to say. Why why would lack of devotion to Mary lead us to lack devotion to Jesus? This is what he has to say. It has been anxiously asked whether the honors paid to the Blessed Virgin, which have grown out of devotion to her Almighty Lord and Son, do not in fact tend to weaken that devotion, and whether, from the nature of the case, It is possible so to exalt a creature without withdrawing the heart from the Creator. In addition to what has been said on this subject, I would here observe that the question is one of fact, not of presumption or conjecture. The abstract lawfulness of the honors paid to the Blessed Virgin Mary, and their distinction in theory from the incommunicable worship paid to God, are points which are already well known. Here, the question turns upon their practica- practicability or expedience, which must be determined by the fact whether they are practicable and whether they have been found to be expedient. In other words, we'll just take a little break here. St. John Henry Newman says that, yes, in theory, we know that it's okay that our you know when we pray to the Blessed Virgin Mary or when we honor her, it's not with the same honor that we honor god right god alone is worthy of you know the highest worship but we honor mary with a great honor above all the other saints and he says okay we admit that distinction he's like but really does that actually happen in practice like it's a nice thing in theory but in practice right is it is it really true and even if it's true that we can make this distinction like is it is it a good thing to do like should we really is it convenient and he says first I observe to those who admit the authority of the Fathers of Ephesus, the question is in no slight degree answered by their sanction of the Theotokos, or Mother of God, as a title of Mary, and as given in order to protect the doctrine of the Incarnation, and to preserve the faith of Catholics from a specious humanitarianism. And if we take a survey at least of Europe, we shall find that it is not those religious communions which are characterized by devotion towards the Blessed Virgin, that have ceased to adore her eternal son, but those very bodies, when allowed by the law, which have renounced devotion to her. The regard for his glory, which was professed in that keen jealousy of her exaltation, has not been supported by the event. Those who were accused of worshipping a creature in his stead still worship him. His accusers, who hope to worship him so purely, they, whenever obstacles to the development of their principles have been removed, have ceased to worship him altogether." So, again, what John Henry Newman is talking about, he says, well, you know, in Protestant denominations, when we see that they, you know, still render, you know, devotion to Mary, we see that they're also still devoted to Jesus Christ. On the contrary, the groups that claimed, like, okay, well, we're going to cut out Marian devotion because, you know, that way we can worship Jesus all the more, he said that they've actually stopped honoring Jesus entirely, right? And he points out that at the Council of Ephesus, when they were trying to defend, you know, Jesus' divinity, that they gave Mary the title Mother of God as a way to defend the faith, right? In other words, they exalted Mary in order to exalt Jesus. Now we'll go back to John Henry Newman. Next, it must be observed that the tone of the devotion paid to the Blessed Virgin is altogether distinct from that which is paid to her Eternal Son and to the Holy Trinity, as we must certainly allow on inspection of the Catholic services. The supreme and true worship paid to the Almighty is severe, profound, awful, as well as tender, confiding, and dutiful. Christ is addressed as true God, while he is true man, and as our Creator and Judge, while he is most loving, gentle, and gracious. On the other hand, towards Mary the language employed is affectionate and ardent, as towards a mere child of Adam, although it is subdued as coming from her sinful kindred. How different, for instance, is the tone of the Dies Ire from that of the Stabat Mater? In all the Marian hymns, we have an expression of the feelings with which we regard one who is a creature and a mere human being. But in the many hymns to Christ, we hear the voice of the creature raised in hope and, and love, yet in deep awe to his creator, infinite benefactor and judge.